I've been keeping my mouth shut for the last six minutes. Hey, everybody, how's it going? I can't say anything. A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. That's the name of the episode. Oh, I just saw it on Twitter. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Episode 69. <laughs> oh a Night of the gosh. Seven Kingdoms. I got to compose myself a little bit. Just finished airing. We walked away mid David and Dan explaining yeah, we what don't we need, just saw. We, we don't, don't need that. their information. Not tonight. We're Not tonight. good. It's 10.06 p.m. The episode ended six minutes ago. I have kept my mouth shut because. Go for it. Well, there are so many. It's so hard to sit in this room with you and watch this episode and not say anything about it because it's just extremely hard. And now here we are at the end of this episode. And I just. Also I, pretty much close to the end of Game of Thrones, just in general. I really if you, if you've noticed. felt it in this episode. Mm-hmm. I felt it big time in this episode. And there's a lot for us to talk about. The first, thing I, the first thing I want to say off the bat is I don't know if I've ever cried watching Game of Thrones. Ever. And I teared up twice in this episode. I have never cried watching Game of Thrones. The Brienne scene? The Brienne scene and the Sansa Theon scene. Oh, man. Both of those got me so That's hard. something to really think about when you see Sansa and Theon come together and spending their last hours together and thinking about the, the trauma that they both suffered at the hands of the same person. In and, Winterfell. In Winterfell, not to mention mm-hmm. uh, all of their past adding up to that. And yeah. I mean, that's really the story of this whole episode with everyone, too, right? Man. Wow. <laughs> There's so much. Well, what about Arya and Gendry? Okay. Can we talk about things we liked first before we get into all the rest of the episode? I just, you made such a great point about, I feel, it's the end of a song. It's the end of Game of Thrones. Mm. I feel it hard in this episode. Everyone and thinks they're going to die too. Everyone thinks they're going to die. They're chatting around the fire. They're saying their goodbyes. They're, it's everything that I had hoped for. When we sat down to do our live stream on Instagram before we recorded, I talked about how I wanted this to be a throwaway Winterfell episode and not a throwaway and like nothing happened episode, but I just wanted to spend time in Winterfell with the people that we love the most in this whole entire world. Yeah. And we got to do that. So when you said throwaway, you didn't mean throwaway in a negative sense. You meant, you meant we only have a few episodes left and I want at least one of them to give me some time. Just just give me some time with these people. Yes, throwaway isn't the right way to talk about it, but that's what I was thinking. It, may, I, it, it makes sense when you're thinking about the rest of the series. Right. Some of those episodes or some of those scenes or some of those sequences that these characters have gone through. Sometimes people question why they've why that's happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I felt like there were definitely moments like that in this episode where, yes. where people who are being critical are going to be like, why did this have to happen? This 100%. is the final season of Game of Thrones. 100%. You're wasting the screen time with the army of the dead coming on all of this. But it really might be one of the last chances for us to see an expressive Tormund Giants band like that. So funny. And we might, I mean, he's probably going to die in the next yeah. episode, probably within the first 10 minutes or something. And uh, he got to really show his ass in front of all those people. I'm going to cry like over recording this to. episode. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. Okay. I got to get myself together. You can't talk about people dying like that. I'm in a very vulnerable <laughs> place right now. Um, it was good. Yeah, I mean, what are your what's your overall thought initial initial take? I uh, cry over here. Uh, well, how about that dragon glass on the battlements? Interesting. Very interesting. So that makes me think that the ice spiders are probably going to happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. that would be so cool if they climbed the wall. 
It would be amazing. If they had the appendages where they were able to, like, the same sort I of, I, don't, I forget what it's called that, that spiders have, where they stick onto stuff so they can climb the wall just fine, but they get toward the top and they have to, if they're big enough to climb the wall and they're giant and they're the size of hounds, then mm-hmm. they probably can scale that obsidian. But anyway, yeah, that's a, it's a pretty uh, chaotic end of episode that we had to experience. I'm still processing everything that was happening when I was watching it. And, um, and then the white walkers come and it's just like, we've been watching it the whole episode. We had, or we had been feeling that warning of death and hearing everyone talk about, you know, their last hours. The anticipation. Yeah. Multiple times. And then finally seeing them, it didn't hit me with the same way that white walker reveals had before, probably mostly because I had seen that exact shot of Mm -hmm. the dead leg before and we kind of knew that that i mean we had guessed that that was coming and so i think we were anticipating that yeah i guess just a little bit of subversion at this point you know like the way hard home felt just like when they when they swoop in with that sort of gritty realistic thing that reminds you like when oberon's head bursts into pieces and you didn't know that like imagine how that felt for a lot of people that sort of thing i feel like as a as a flip side to some of the more lighthearted stuff we were getting in this episode a flip side from that might be when it comes time for the white walkers to come around like maybe we see like the uh, a shot of the night king and he looks more deranged and more mm-hmm. sort of in a in an animalistic beast way yeah. like looks scary and intimidating or something right instead of the sort of same old tracking shot of the we're guys used from to the, the rock yeah. band with their cool hair <laughs> we're used to the, like the like mystical magical yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 you know what i mean just for a second i know that we don't have to do that but I definitely got the impression like with the John voiceover, which we looked at each other when we were watching, which is the only time we, I think we did yeah. during the whole episode. Because <laughs> I, I love a good. Yeah. We got two voiceovers. Did we? What was the second one? we got one? Patrick singing. Oh yeah. Which the was Jenny song. unbelievable. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. So we got two montages, yeah. which is honestly more than I could ever ask for. He has a really good yeah. voice. <sighs> and the song was also in the credits as well. I don't know if it's one of those new... Like Game of Thrones soundtrack where they've got a bunch of these uh, actual artists, not the composer working on songs. I don't right. know if it, if it was one of them, but that was a cool Probably. touch too. But anyway, uh, um, what was I talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I'm having such a I'm having a really hard time like coming out of my emotions of this episode, and I'm having a hard time thinking about where we want to start because this episode we shot right out the gate. We did not get any hang time. We did not get any moment of Jamie approaching Bran, of them walking into Winterfell, of any looks or stares. The episode starts and Daenerys is giving that line that we saw from the trailer and putting Jamie right on the spot. Mm-hmm. And we're thrust into the episode, which I thought was a very interesting place to start. And from that second on, this entire episode was character after character vouching for each other, reuniting with each other, expressing their feelings for each other, defending each other, spending time together. It was just like this very heavily emotional roller coaster. And I think that overall, and there were a couple moments that I don't nec- that I was like <laughs> kind of confused about, which I'm so sorry. I'm gonna but- <laughs> come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> but like Arya and Gendry was a moment that was a little bit confusing to me. And there's some other things in there that I'm just kind of like, I don't know how I felt. Do you want to talk it. about that? You talking about it now? Yeah. I think that it makes sense. Of course, that it she makes would want to have sex before she thinks she's gonna die. Everyone thought they were gonna die the way they were talking about it. 
I mean, and look at Gendry. He's picking up all I that mean, obsidian all day, it. every day. I don't know if it's on average heavier than glass, but it probably is. I get it. 110%. I get it. And I'm not saying I didn't like it. It's just we've never seen Arya in a position like that yeah. ever before. She was flexing the whole episode, though. So it only just made logical sense narratively that when she got in that position that she was going to be aggressing like Well, that. and we knew, th- I mean, we guessed that even the last episode, yeah. that this is something that was going to go down. It's just we've never seen Arya in such a vulnerable yet place of power before and so i just was so like my mouth was jaw was truly shocking yeah just i was like what is going on and the nudity got so close it got so close to to being like what we normally see with game of thrones where you see the actor's breasts but they were like ah not yet she she still feels like a child i felt a little uncomfortable for a second because aria kind of feels like a child to me yes that's what i'm saying but the one thing that aria did kill it that i loved in this episode when her i know death it's got many faces line as she's throwing the obsidian that was cool yeah Yeah. while gendry's looking on at her yeah that was but that's aria how we're used to seeing her and so i'm more comfortable with her in that situation i was like oh so okay once and for all, Arya learned this, like, it must have been during the House of Black and White when she was fighting with the staff blind mm-hmm. with the wave. But yeah. she can throw stuff crazy good, and she's probably really good at everything else right she's now. She's the best at everything. Right. She's really good at fighting. And, uh, I mean, it makes sense. It's fun that Arya is good and dangerous. I like that. And uh, now she's not a virgin anymore. So, Congratulations. <laughs> Gendry's like, you know. Brought his number up to four, so he's not doing so bad himself. Man, yeah, that scene was just, I mean, <laughs> I don't think I hate it. I just was so shocked to be in that scenario. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, things are different. That's for sure. Um. Wow. Ghost and her, is back. And her, well, yeah, let's, let's just talk about that for a second. I mean, we didn't. We saw him for literally get 30 much, seconds. So I don't know what all the hullabaloo has <laughs> been about, mostly caused by myself, probably. But we all yelped. Yeah. <laughs> when he was on the screen. Ghost is back. The Night's Watch is here. Well, they're not really the Night's Watch anyway anymore, but gang's all here. Yeah, you had a pretty... You were like, oh my God, all of his friends are together. I was so amped to see best, them roll in. Yeah, that's what, what you said. <laughs> that was definitely the vibe. Yes. It's like you... It's. I mean, it's a reunion episode. It's moment after moment. Mm-hmm. The rest of everybody rolls up. And there's a moment when somebody... When Sansa tells... Who was Sansa talking to when she says whoever's or there was some sort of conversation, whoever's mm-hmm. not here, it wasn't Sansa at all, whatever. There's a moment where whoever's not here isn't going to be here. I think it was when Tormund and them showed up. Mm-hmm. They said that this is kind of it. So, if oh, yeah, because the Umbers are now fighting for right. the Night King. It must have been. And they were talking Beric. about they went around them and that they would be there by before morning breaks. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they went around the people. I think I just said that. And whoever's not here, that's it. Because and then obviously the way on, that we everyone see on the, the way to Winterfell in. is going to be obviously turned into cannon fodder, which gets later <sighs> repurposed by those guys with really, really, really good wigs. I mean, just classy white walkers coming in hot. How many whites do you think they each have at their command? <laughs> because <laughs> the, they're going to be taken out and interspersed like throughout the battle. Right? We're going to see. White walkers being taken down, and then we're going to see probably like a, a cloud of whites being taken down around them because they for sure the high sure. line technology that mm-hmm. we're going to probably see. well, and with the plan, we mm-hmm. have the plan of how they're going to get the Night King and how they're going to take everybody down is that they're going to lure, lure the Night King to Bran mm-hmm. 
and we get to see the branding that's on his arm mm-hmm. and Theon's going to defend him, which so much information, right? My now, gosh. And then John and Daenerys are going to be on dragons flying close, but not too close. And that's how they're going to attempt to lure the Night King in and then get rid of everything. And I can only wonder how the heck that situation is going to go down. What'd you think about that planning scene? It's unbelievable. And I just, (laughs) my emotions are everywhere. I feel like last episode I was so amped and like screaming. And Mm -hmm. this episode, I just feel the weight of everything. Right. As episode two, I guess, will do to you. But have all of them around the table and have all of them sitting around the fire and Mm -hmm. have all of them sharing war stories and for Brienne to be knighted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was pretty perfect. I just, it was, I just felt. And Jamie was the one to do it. And Jamie was the one to do it. I just, I was. I like I said, I was crying my little eyes out, just sitting on your couch, <laughs> just <laughs> crying into my laptop, because it was just such an emotional. And I think that it could very. The pace of this episode was unbelievably fast. Yeah, the pace of this episode, they did not waste any time. We didn't get any chilled out filler moments. I feel like every conversation had weight, every movement had weight. And I, I think that, of course, if you're all thinking about to die, that that's going to be a normal thing. But I think it could very easily be cliche to jump from intense moment to intense moment. But I just, I don't know. I was buying into it every second of it as they're standing around the table planning and Theon offers to defend himself. Yeah. You know, I just, I I felt it very heavily. When all the characters are together and it just, it seems like, just the who's who and that it would be really cool if this happened. It always makes me somewhere in my mind, like question it. So I have like this little period of not enjoying it as much as I want to. And then I think about it and then I'm like, well, of course that's. Is that how you felt with this episode? Well, specifically thinking of the opening shot on the the room. Yes. I, I just see Jamie and everyone yes. there and I'm like, this is just all the guys. And then Bran's there in the corner and he starts to reveal a little bit more about the technology of, of how his power works. And like you said, he explains the brand and how the Night King knows where he is. But he doesn't, again, really go into the complete detail of what that means exactly or how that works. But I think that we're meant to just think that it's magic and fill in the gaps and uh, again, we talked about in our 420 special, we talked about the uh, the burning sigil mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously where the mystery of that ended. So I think if we applied the same sort of depth to this, like that's clearly what they're intending to do with the magic. And right. I think that that's fine. Right. We just uh, don't have time. We, we don't, don't, have, we don't time have time we don't have to spend time. that kind of thing. In so a- Brand's a memory bank, a, a memory bank, a memory bank for all of humanity. Is that what it is? And so I he's been so. taking out all the, trying to take out all the three-eyed ravens because they have the ability to see events through the trees, mm-hmm. through time and space potentially, and even potentially interact with those things through time and space. And that is a way to, or, or can be used if they, I guess, desire. Um, and I, I suppose they all have been up until this point can choose to try and foil the night king from and we you can't just say the white walkers or their kind right. because the night king is the one who was right. invented like and right. who made the rest of them so specifically this guy the night king to stop the night king from 
again in this episode he said spreading all all out darkness on westeros right. and basically shutting everything off and sam later reflected that point when he said uh is, is that death then is that just the mm-hmm. end so that would mean all the people that you saw in this episode all those strange scenes that might have been a little bit on the nose but for a good reason i think to counteract the doom that's approaching and uh that's what is at stake the the memory of uh, all that stuff and the ability to have all those things be expressed and whether or not that gets forgotten. Right. Yeah. When we get that, the motive that more expressly what his motivation is, because we've been talking a lot about, well, what does he want? And Bran says an endless night. He wants to erase this world and I am its memory. So exactly what you're saying, but not only is that what's going to happen, but that's been his expressed motivation this whole time is to, Get rid of Bran, because when Bran's gone, yeah. So he needs to get rid of Bran, because yeah. Bran has the memories and the ability to, to potentially stop him, because he can see ahead, I guess, presumably the same way the Night King can. Or because he just holds, or, or because, like like um, Sam was saying, when Bran's gone, and he says death is being forgotten, and so the only way to truly defeat this world is to erase what it has been, and what it can potentially be because there's a lot of moments in this episode where they kind of talk about the past and who they are and where they come from and how they've changed and how they aren't who they are because of without the past. And I think that the Night King and only the only way for him to truly defeat humanity is to wipe it. So much of this episode was about uh, referencing those points in the past that sort of like mirrored in a way, like reflected. Yeah. The events from like the first season, even thanks to Tyrion, the season quotes something he said in the past about oh, how yeah. he wants to die. Oh, yeah, and then he Jamie finishes it with yeah. for him. Yeah, I don't obviously don't remember the episode exactly, but I mean, word he wants for to word, die when he's like 80 years old, and yeah, something like in like a library or something. Am in I wrong? In his own bed, oh, in his own bed, yeah. okay. Well, that's when he's different. drunk, you know, maybe his bed, or he could have a library in his bedroom. Where did the, you get library? From? I don't know. I just thought of like Tyrion smoking a pipe while someone was blowing him in a library. Yeah, <laughs> he's like all reading. of that out and just put them in his bed, and that's yeah. what he was. Yeah. One thing that I thought was really interesting was that Tyrion was continually harping on this idea that they're all going to die at Winterfell. Yeah. And he was like, it's so, crazy that we're dying at Winterfell, right? That was that was such a genuinely great moment. He said I that like, like eight times. It redeemed, well, yeah, by the last one, and the last one, it, it hit me a little bit softer. Mm-hmm. But that first one, when they were on the battlements and the camera flipped around, yeah. I was immediately like, you totally redeemed yourself. Tyrion's back, baby. Like everything switched for him. And he really did knock it out of the park in this episode. Tyrion he had, had great a, lines. Tyrion had a, gr- I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. He had a great episode. Because before the episode, we were talking on live stream about how he's been so much of his character has been reduced to these quips and these one-liners but he's in trouble with Daenerys and he has been making some incorrect decisions putting his trust in the wrong types of people he hasn't been giving Danny what she wants mm-hmm. and I felt like he really stepped up his I mean he stepped up his game in the sense of he wasn't just a guy for comic r- relief in the mm-hmm. background I felt like he um, he was just written really well. well. They all like wove together so nicely. Like this, the incredible moment with Brienne when a lot of our favorites were there and in front of a lot of the people that we also like and that she's grown to respect. She was able to be given credit where credit's due by someone that she also really likes. Yeah, and that wouldn't have happened unless Tyrion was there to like sort of nudge right. the moment along in his own way. And they all kind of had 
sort of like a almost a faded role in filling all out all of those like sort of personality little gaps that they all needed and within themselves. And that was kind of nice. It was really nice. It was really nice. I'd love to imagine while we were watching, I was just thinking about filming that too. Because not oh, only yeah. are we kind of enjoying it as a viewer, watch Unless them they all to hate each other. together. Terrible. Yeah, maybe like, they do. God, everyone loves this. I mean, everyone's really thinking about <laughs> all like, this. There's going to be so many ohms for this scene. I hate you guys. <laughs> um, this is so off topic. Whatever. Never mind. I can't talk about high school. It's about high school musical. We can't talk about it right One now. One or two. Well, how they just did. Oh, how they did. Not all the people in high school musical liked each other. That was a quick turnaround. You're like, yeah, yeah I'll I talk know. about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought. I think that if we're going to talk about my favorite places of this episode, the squad around the fire is absolutely probably going to be eventually with Tyrion is kind of holding court in front of the fire as everybody comes in and out. Tormund was so freaking funny in this episode. He was hilarious. And what was his best moment? I didn't, I took so many notes this episode and they're all, usually I can like point on these big hit on these big moments when I'm taking notes, but Mm -hmm. everything happened at once and all faded into each other that (laughs) my notes are garbage. (laughs) And I feel like I'm so lost. (laughs) Um, well, he, he had was, he had the time where he was talking about when he was being suckled by a giant. He killed he killed a giant when he was ten. Do you know why they call me giants, man? That moment was teetering on the edge of like, where are they going with this, yeah, guys? Yeah. What are y'all doing with this? Like, is he really about to? But honestly, the what, way what would Tormund do if he truly, thought he was going to die the next morning? Truly, do you think he would give a fuck what they thought? Well, and the way they were looking at him. Oh, it right. was and Dom was looking at him I think so I'm funny. Drink. Uh-huh. <laughs> when he rolls in, Tyrion offers him a drink. He's like, "I brought my own." <laughs> oh, and the God. way he was drinking, the camera his... turns and it's this huge horn. So good, yeah. so funny. I mean, but it's also just like ridiculous. But I mean, you know, ridiculous is is ridiculous. The torment, torment's a ridiculous kind of guy. He's a ridiculous kind of guy. I thought it was, and he was really laying it on for Brienne, and she was not having it's it. The big woman here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like sitting between him and Jane. Jamie, not sure which Jamie, way to turn. Jamie was like playing it off perfectly. Like, I know that I'm the one that you like, but hey, man, whatever. Yeah. Like, He's being so chill about it. So in the chill back. about it. It was so Ultra great. confident. How about when he when he talked to her out in the field rather than getting into any of his thoughts? And it seems like that's the direction it's going, right? Mm-hmm. You can kind of read my mind, right? About like him and Brienne. Yes. It seems yeah. like it's going that direction, but he couldn't get into any of, thought, of his thoughts. So like the next best thing is speaking like militarily, like speaking her language. they don't know what to talk about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's yeah. like, oh, I'll fight for you. And like, that's a great way to sort of like give her like rank and it's like a respect thing that they've been trying to figure out between themselves for so long. Him knighting her was just in her face the whole time as she just, she, the look of awe and also she never thought this moment could happen. And then it's happening with Jamie. And as she slowly starts to tear up and as he's knighting her and placing the sword on each side of her shoulder. I was like, oh my gosh, is he going to chop her head off? Yeah. <laughs> there was like a 30 <laughs> split second moment. I was like, he's about to chop That's her head crazy. off. I don't know why I felt that. Cause I was like scared that something crazy was going to happen. Um, I was convinced something crazy was going to happen in this y- episode. Me too. So that's why I was like on edge thinking that something crazy was going to happen, but it was a beautiful scene. And for him to be able, I just, I wasn't really expecting that to happen. And so it was just this beautiful all of it was beautiful. This whole episode, I just don't start crying again. <laughs> Seriously, I like Listen, need to pull wanna, it together. If you want to cry, you can totally cry. I'm trying. This not diet to. coke is so good that I might start crying right now. Oh my gosh, it's just I don't. I don't know. I really feel wrapped up in how I feel about this episode right now. 
One other thing that we really need to talk about is, well, there's 80 things, but Sansa and Danny mm. and their conversation. They got a one-on-one. Yeah. They did get a one-on-one. That was uh, unexpected. I think that their dynamic was cool. And I think that it was really cool when that, like, the quick amount of respect just to show their levels of intellect and, and sort of even in the inflated state of ego that they all kind of have to be in while being rulers. For the, sure. The deflated state of intrapersonal they had when Daenerys rose those points about her relationship with Jon. Mm-hmm. And Sansa seemed convinced and was immediately like, all right. But right back into that northern moment, that was uh, that was pretty – that was cool. That was some good writing. I really yes. like that. And well and well performed. I didn't see it coming. And that's just something that, you know, even with how many hours have we talked about this story with each other, that I haven't really put a lot of uh, structure around what that, that comeback would be once all this was said and done and how much that, that could potentially matter to mm-hmm. Sansa yeah. and also to Danny. Even after all is said and done, because the North is a really big part of Westeros, and no matter what, no matter who they are, no matter how much she likes them or wants them to like her, she is not going to, not very easily say, yeah, sure, you can, then I will secede the North to you. You can have right. the North. Right. And it just, it's just not going to happen. And you can see those, those real emotions, the, the shit that really matters with people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like the blood behind the skin. You, you, you can see it get hot when they're like, this is the stuff that matters. This, like, let's and, get down to business. Yes, exactly. Niceties aside. Yeah. They're and this is this a real connection. subject. This, this mm-hmm. isn't just about like us living or dying. This is about, you know, <laughs> what all, this is a part of what this is all for. Right. For Danny at least. Right. Right. And she's relentless. I mean, she's not going to, she's not going to back down on something like that. Oh, no. Yeah. One thing that I really liked in that conversation was them talking about how much they have been through as women. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that despite uh, what Daenerys says about how they're kind of, they were at odds with each other from the moment they walked in, that they both respect how far they've come mm-hmm. with each other and how, much they both had to kind of rise through the ranks and deal with so many different terrible things in order to get where they are. Mm-hmm. And that they both kind of, I really liked that they established, established this very mutual respect before diving into, like you're saying, this, the real is, stuff. The, this is the real stuff. And this is what Sansa has been concerned about. And mm-hmm. for, but it was interesting. Um, Daenerys talking about how Sansa says, John's easily manipulated, which is what we've been saying. <laughs> kind of like, um, and then Danny was like, well, I'm here. So let's talk about who's been manipulated in this situation because mm-hmm. I abandoned everything to come fight for you in the North. So let's talk about manipulation, who manipulated who. And then obviously, John and Daenerys's relationship is about to extremely change, which I can't believe that happened at the end of this episode. Yeah, but right? it really be like that sometimes. It really does. So... Well, you didn't think it was going to happen. No. So I'm, now that it has, did you were you pleased with the way that it was carried out? And uh, do you think that those reactions were true to the characters? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that John not saying anything for the whole episode and avoiding her Grimacing, eyes. Yeah. Just walking away. 100%. You grace. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> classic John. Oh, God. Can you imagine how Bruce he would be if she heard what he said or if he heard what she said to Sansa about Khal Drogo? Yes. Oh, yeah, that, oh, I forgot about that moment. It was cold, man. But also But funny it was such true. a great 
connection moment for the two of them mm-hmm. to be to build this respect and kind of get that cattiness out of the way because there's no way that Sansa and Danny are going to see eye to eye on everything or there's no way they're going to be besties, especially at this point in the time. But for them to be able to look at each other, I respect you. Let's talk woman to woman, but here's what the real issue is, but I don't hate you kind of situation I thought was really mature for both of them. And part of that is going to be talking about your ex-boyfriends along the way. So it seems like they're going to survive because there's so much set up about like when I think about Tyrion, um, you were talking about how he's dealing with what's going on with, with Danny and Jorah came in and had that whole sequence of defending Tyrion. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like something that we want to like be dealing with at the end of Game of Thrones, whether or not Daenerys is like, like whether or not she wants to keep him his hand because it's like, okay, if they win, then that's a real thing. Right. So maybe they're setting up the seeds for it now is what I'm trying to say. I think because, Tyrion makes it. Because otherwise, what's the, like, why are we what's the real issue the people who don't make it the people who don't make it are people like brienne because she was on the front line in that preview yeah or brienne or theon or jorah or podrick or even somebody like jamie i mean these are the types of the types of people who do for sure make it out of this episode are sansa danny or john danny and or john or both of them Tyrion. those to me are like the ones that make it for sure the people because there is a lot of that, like you're saying, this conflict being set up and continually increasing between Tyrion and Daenerys and whether or not he's doing a good job, whether or not she can trust him, whether or not he's playing for the other side. Is he manipulating her? So I think that that is going to continue to play out. I don't think anybody else is safe in terms of making it at this point. Davos, all my best friends. This week's episode is brought to you by Sonos. The experts at Sonos work with renowned producers, mixers, and artists to meticulously design every speaker from the inside out, combining best-in-class woofers and tweeters with proprietary software. The result is an immersive listening experience and brilliant room-filling sound, sound, sound. Sonos TruePlay puts the speaker tuning capability of the recording pros in the palm of your hands, optimizing the speaker's sound for the unique acoustics of your room. Sonos Home Theater also includes speech enhancement mode to clarify the sound of the human voice, perfect for when characters whisper or the action intensifies, or if you want to hear the delightful details of tonight's episode with the crackling fires, perfect for when characters whisper or the action intensifies, simply turn it on in the Sonos app and never miss a minute of the story. Sonos works with all your streaming services, and it's easy to control with the Sonos app, your TV remote, AirPlay 2, or your voice and Amazon Alexa. Sonos speakers and components work seamlessly together, making it easy to customize your sound system and expand when you're ready. Simply connect Sonos over Wi-Fi and enjoy listening in every room. Most of Sonos' lineup are working on AirPlay 2, and we're using the Beam, which is an Amazon Alexa-enabled speaker natively, so you can control it just like it's a a normal Amazon-made speaker in that way, but I mostly use it with... In, in conjunction with the other smart speakers in my house, because it works with the iPhone through the same menu that they all work in. And that's really convenient. The app also works with separating the speakers individually in your rooms and you can adjust the volume individually with all the, the same functionality that you could do with your iPhone, but all within the Sonos app talking directly to those speakers. And it works with all your streaming platforms. So 
it all just works. It's really awesome. It makes all the difference in the world. Watching Game of Thrones, especially with speech enhancement, has completely changed the game. Watching Game of Thrones on a decent speaker has changed the game for you, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, because there were so many things that I didn't realize that I was missing, to be honest with you. It's like having a big screen when you're watching. It's like going from an iPhone to watching like a big screen TV. Right. It's like, ah, that's house. what it really is supposed yeah, to like, sound oh, like. That's <laughs> the other half of the experience I was missing out on. You can go to Sonos.com to order your sound system today. That's S-O-N-O-S dot com. Tyrion seems to be back to being the guy in the show, though, for a second. Mm-hmm. The episode was a lot of really good Peter Dinklage. I mean, the episode was a lot of things, but... Him overpouring that cup me. of wine. Oh, my God. So good. In that, just the looks both of them had. I mean, and Podrick, obvious, lo- pa- yes. Podrick looking between Brienne and Tyrian, not knowing who he's supposed oh, to yeah, listen to in that yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, my lord, or whatever. Oh, like, man. Hell yeah, I have some of that wine. It's so funny because Tyrion, it's just like, listen, you gotta have good times with people if you can you gotta and you can't you can't be pulling back on moments where it's like if you spent a little extra if you did a little extra you can make it that much better Mm -hmm. you can make it that much better and this is the end presumably for a lot of us like uh this is the battle has got a lot of uh it's got a lot of uh Facts and figures that aren't in our favor, and There's people, no people way. that we like are going to die. They're all here, hundred percent. There's and they no know way. That. They're like we're all everyone's favorite person. We're all the, the most favorite characters in the story. Ugh, if I want to talk about it, it seriously and not try to be funny, uh, all those people are there because they're the ones that are still left. And uh, George R. R. Martin wrote a story, and of course, it's supposed to tug on our heartstrings. But it's more fun to talk about it, I guess, in a comedic way. At the end of the day, though, it seems like he's back, and. Um, and leads me to believe that he's got a lot to do. We have a lot to do. We need and to see still Tyrion. A lot left to do. We need to see Tyrion with Cersei. I, I think this battle. I just feel like it's just being set up as a piece so much that I'm so suspicious and and leery of it because of uh, probably because of Beyond the Wall. Honestly, what are you suspicious about? I just. I think I thought that the big encounter with the White Walkers, and I haven't seen it yet. It's probably going to be amazing. I just imagine it, it being something that like defeated the scale of the the. There's a battle in uh, Lord of the Rings called the Battle of Pelennor Fields, where we're talking about. Um, there was a a previous battle that everyone references, uh, Helm's Deep, where they're fighting ten thousand yeah. of these super orcs. Yeah, and they've got. Uh, their own people and they've got friends that come later and help but for the most part like where they're fighting is a character in it and tolkien wrote this really amazing uh, handful of pov chapters that obviously inspires george r martin in a big way and there's a really great moments of camaraderie and like just absolute like just bombasticness at one point they're like uh uh, two people that were once rivals. Uh, one's really short. One's really big. I'm not going to get into any more character details in this because I will talk for hours about <laughs> this it. This is Lord of the Rings podcast. But basically, they they start they start fighting over how many people they're killing, and they're like counting off how many people they're killing. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, that battle, like I said, ten thousand of those sort of super orcs still um, was dwarfed. We're talking like five hundred thousand people mm-hmm. fighting in this battle in the third. In the third book, third movie, I was expecting that kind of thing, and and a song of ice and fire in Game of Thrones, where it was just like everything else we thought before, you know, 
Jamie's quoting these these battles in the Whispering Wood. Yeah. <laughs> like infamous loser, the Whispering Wood. Yeah, and Tyrion's like, hilarious. cheers. <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> you know, these are, these are the same kind of idea. These are like skirmishes, pretty much, is what I expected in comparison to what would be the, the final stand against the dead. I didn't expect it to be so, like, so conveniently set up and have, like, everybody so conveniently, like, in the right, like, tunnels to fight. But I guess it has to be scaled for... For television. I just don't think that George R. R. Martin is going to do the same thing. Well, I think that, but we're in the moments right before. So I, I don't, I wonder if your opinion is going to change. We don't know how many people the Night King has or how many of the dead are coming. It looks like a, a shit ton. And so and if they have a bunch of people too. If we're going to talk about chaos and pieces not being perfectly set, I think that a lot of that is going to be coming in this next episode. I feel like it feels almost too perfect in this mm-hmm. moment because. Everybody is trying really hard to make it perfect, right? You well, know, you wanted to like you want to land, yeah. You you want to land, and you want to like get everything out that you want to get out. You want, like make sure that the Arya and Gendry thing is settled. We didn't get uh, Sandor and Sansa though. Any kind we of did meet not up with them. We did not get the two not of that them. they were needed to settle it the same way. But no, I'm just but we did get him and maybe say hi. Him and Arya, yeah, and Arya and Beric. Pretty cool. I thought was good, but yeah, I think. I mean. I kind of see you like where you're coming from a hundred percent, but I'm so bought into it in this right. exact moment that too. I, they're just feelings. It's fan service right now. This you episode. So? Well, yeah, but also, I don't you know, say that in doing a, what they can. Right. And I don't say that in a bad way. I don't necessarily always think that fan service is a bad thing. I uh-huh. think that sometimes it can be used cheaply or lazily, but I don't think that that was what was happening in this episode. But I do think that, I mean, Arya and Gendry is 100% fan service. We don't need that, you know? And so is a lot of these different, so many apologies that have been made from each other with Jamie to Bran and Beric to Arya and, you know, all these I'm sorry's up and down Winterfell. It's not necessarily, you don't need that. It's an interesting kind of episode to have, though, in the last season. Oh, I'm... I'm like sitting here like deflated balloon because I just have felt so many things. Right. So I love it. It's just, I don't know. I think that, I think that it's going to make this, this episode is going to be even more special and even more poignant after we get through the battle of Winterfell and we truly understand way true them talking about how many times talking about how the crypts are the safest place in Winterfell. It came up probably three or four times in this episode. Mm. All I could think about was that's going to be one of the first places to go. Hmm. Did you ever get that feeling? They kept telling everybody to go there. And I was like, mm, that seems like a bad idea now. Yeah, that sounds like a like like maybe what they'll do is raise the dead from the inside. I mean, we've talked about this before. And uh, it'll be like a pretty brutal way to say bye to characters that we like. Like, what if all the people that are trying to be safe are just taken out and turned into and turned into White Walkers? Gilly turned into Whites. Little Paris, Sam, Tyrion. I don't think Tyrion will stay behind though. Maybe he will though. Yeah, because Daenerys. Wait, he was on the battlements just then though. Yeah, but it was just beginning. I mean, Danny very. Yeah, but, but people got all a, drunk and he's stuff. He's a vet. <laughs> That's true though. He is. He needs to be out there in the thick of it. I also don't think that that's going to be the last battle of the the White Walkers. Potentially. No, 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 no. So no, no, no. it's not like limiting scope at all. I just, 
you know, I really like those huge battles, like the crazy, big, epic, high fantasy 100%. thing. You know, they're going to barrel over Winterfell and they're going to do that in King's Landing. I do think that they made the Battle at the Wall pretty epic, though. Even in yeah. comparison, like probably, I don't want to say that it was better than the book, but I really liked it. Like, yeah. The way that they captured in the show. So good. Yeah. That's also a very defined place, though. Like, if, like it, that's how it actually happened. It needed to happen there. You know what I mean? There was technology around it. That was the same thing with the Blackwater episode. I digress. What a good episode. Um, one other thing we haven't yet talked about is Masunde and Grey Worm mm-hmm. and how he tells her he'll take her wherever she wants. After, take her back to Noth. Yeah. After I'll everything fight. is over, he'll protect her. He'll fight for her. And then as that, when Podrick is singing at the end and then Masunde kisses Grey Worm goodbye, as he like rushes out onto mm-hmm. the battlefield. Do you think that either of them are going to survive to go back to Noth? I don't know. Part of me feels like, no, I feel like a lot of these, not that any of these characters are minor, but those are all the characters that are in trouble that are going to kill us without halting the story from progressing forward, Mm -hmm. you know? So, like I said, I think the only people who are truly safe are Danny, John, Tyrion. Do you think that Bran knows the answer to what happens in this battle? I think he could have the answer if he wants it. He just said something that made me think that we've been really presumptuous about his power and that maybe they got a little overexcited in showing his power in the earlier seasons when he was just like, I forget what question it was, but he gave an answer. It was like, I don't know, or something like that. So you think he doesn't know what's going to happen? Yeah, I think there might be some kind of limitation. I'm not I'm not sure. I think it definitely makes for a much more interesting. Yeah, it does. There's there's a, there's a lot of potential for it to be a, like a really trippy, crazy, um, uh, you know, high mystery thing that we've been talking about. That, that it's probably not going to go in that direction. Um, with Bran having this like almost infinite sort of power, and the Night King having the similar sort of infinite sort of power, but it seems more so that he was scrying with the green site and in the land of always winter which is the the place where the children of the forest had the spiral that the night king was originally transformed and that for some reason i guess when he was in that corporeal state where we could see him in the vision the night king could also maybe it's because of the the place maybe it's because like maybe seeing doing that beyond the wall means that you're actually there i don't know but uh it seems like the Night King, all of his planning that he's been doing has been based on just tracking Bran. Right. You know what I mean? And that's what Bran made it sound like. Yeah. So he only wanted to go beyond the wall or he rather only wanted, it explains why he hasn't led an army past the wall or try to get past the wall or try to do, I guess, a more, I don't know, like a, a better assault since the first season, since we saw the army, marching at the end of the second season because he his target has presumably been the three-eyed raven right and so maybe he was having a hard time finding him or something or maybe he didn't know where he was or maybe. he didn't have i mean the only reason why he knows where bran is is because bran flew too close to the sun right. and put himself basically in his path right and he was able to brand him right but they were doing stuff beyond the wall though you know, like the White Walkers were leaving corpses and For sure. marching around. Maybe they didn't have much of a purpose at that point. Or they just weren't able to funnel their... 
because they did not have a specific touch point, they weren't able to focus in on what they were trying to do. So this is all basically because Brand went to the tree in the first place. Yes. Blew too close to the idiot. Jesus. Isn't that the whole thing though? I mean, we talk. (sighs) Here's my question is, is Brand going to make it out of Winterfell or does Brand die? You know, Brand dies and then. It's because Jamie pushed him too. (laughs) It's all Jamie's fault. Brand dies and then. The world is lost until Sam saves it. Why Sam? Because he writes a song of ice and fire. Oh, yeah. Interesting. The Night King takes Bran out, so, and then Bran doesn't have the foresight to be able to figure out what's happening when they march, continue to march towards King's Landing. And so that battle is a little bit more of chaos because there's less strategic behind strategy behind it because Bran can't see anything. That's us assuming that Bran can see anything right now at all, which I don't know. He, he gives can. him some idea, though. He's like, yeah. Night King's coming after me. Put me here. Fly dragons around me. Put some of your best guys. Just Theon to defend him. Yeah. So you think he's going to die immediately? Or? Theon is not making it very long. I mean, that moment between him and Sansa was unexpectedly so touching. I don't know why unexpectedly. But we talked about that at the top of the episode. We're just like, I'm, I'm, I'll be the first to say, I feel like when I see an episode like this, it makes me feel like a pretty shallow person because there's so many things that I didn't foresee coming to be or, or really give a lot of time thinking about like a moment like that because I've been distracted by everything else. Well, we're, we're, I mean, and we're so, we're so used to giving and now we get to receive. We're so used to be, we're, I mean, we're worried about some of the grander intricacies of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Some of these big broader questions. And we're getting to spend, we're getting so many, so many storylines tied up with these little bows one after another. It's wild because it's just back to back to back, Mm -hmm. resolution after resolution. So, I mean, you look at what's happening in episode, in season four, the brand, sorry, the Theon and Sansa reunion in an episode in season four is the whole episode. Yeah. But instead we got... Everybody. I think that was probably season five. No, but you you know what I'm saying. I know I'm not saying that I'm not I'm saying something as a moment as big as that or a weighted as big as that. Yeah. Back in the early seasons. It would have been like worth talking about. Well that would have been the whole episode. Most of what people were sitting in their own for. Like, oh my god, can you believe that? There's nine hundreds of them. Exactly. Tyrion and Bran are hanging out talking about Bran's strange journey. It just kept coming. It just kept coming. We get everybody talking so cool. Sam talking about how he's the (laughs) he's like, No, don't forget I'm the first one to kill a white walker. Him and John on the wall. I mean, what? Yeah. (sighs) How about the transition from I think it was uh it was the Arya and Gendry when they when Arya's getting <laughs> naked. Arya's yeah. taking off her clothes and Gendry's like, Wow. <laughs> just says Arya. <laughs> yeah, right. Um uh it cuts to them being around the fire and uh, it's like silent for a second and uh Tyrion just it's like he goes, he was like Strange, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it was the perfect thing to say. I felt like the uh, writers of this episode, or the writer of this episode, rather, Brian Cogman, and obviously the, the showrunners David and Dan, who are orchestrating this whole thing, like had a lot of uh, a lot of really pointed expressionism, if if I'm using that correctly, with uh, the material, with the stuff that it's just like 
there were some moments where they're like, oh, you like that? Oh, you like Tormund like being yeah. ridiculous or whatever? Yeah. Well, now his drink is literally spilling all over yeah. his fucking yeah. face. It. He's gonna talk about. He's gonna talk about killing a giant. He's gonna talk about the, the going to sleep with the giant's wife. The, first off, the audacity <laughs> to do that. You're gonna murder this guy and, and go into bed with his, his wife. Bed. And she's like, "Oh, uh, this must be a little redheaded, bearded baby, like all yeah. of our other bearded babies." And he 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 drinks at her tea. He nurses at her tea for three months, and that's how he got so strong. Oh, it's hilarious. You know what I'm saying? It's just like it was being used. A lot of it was being used as a tool to kind of, I, I guess, maybe to, to talk to us in a different way than we're used to being talked to. Yeah. And to, to uh, there's obviously, or not obviously, I mean, obviously we look into things a little bit too much, naming, namely me, and uh, try to distill some kind of greater overall point to this whole thing life itself or what what was the intention of george r. r martin or what was the intention of the showrunners or the the, the episode's writer of the episode's director or the idea behind this set or the idea behind this outfit and but i, I truly do think that there was a lot of really interesting tropes from game of thrones that were just kind of like yeah. thrown around and in, right. in like a in like a playful and in like a free and in like a, a really Sort of a indulgent way. Indulgent. That's what I was talking about, like fans as yeah. at fan service, right? And I don't necessarily think, like I said, I don't necessarily think that's a, a bad thing, but it's only going to play well in a moment like this. It was fun. It was fun, and yeah. it's only going to they're only going to be able to pull it off without us up in arms mm. at a time like this. Right. I think. I think that you take nine hundred different things in this episode and you place them anywhere else, except for when everyone's about to die. It's like Game of Thrones has gone off the rails, and they're just using cliches and yada yada. But I don't think that that's the case. But I don't think that's, I'm I, saying I'm saying if it was done any other if it was done any other way or any other time, Roger. it would have seemed lazy. But I think that call all these old trope callbacks. Mm-hmm. If we're gonna get them, I mean, now's the time to now's the time to get them. And if we're gonna if I'm gonna be like crying in the middle of an episode, it's gonna be season eight, episode two, as I realize that we're coming to the end for the first time. You know. So, what if it was a, a really elaborate way to stick it to HBO, who made them split the ending and draw the show out? And they're like, "Oh, you want you want at least six episodes? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna have one episode just be nothing but interior shot at the paint hall in Belfast, and your highest expense is gonna be flying everyone here because they will only fly first class international." Yeah. And, uh, but at least, you know, we can spend all that extra money on the, on the battles and all that stuff in the other episodes. It's a thousand percent what I wanted. I could not have asked for That's anything awesome. more. You literally did ask for this kind of That's episode. That's literally all I wanted was this episode right here, right now. And I can already hear people itching for some real action to happen and for something real to go down. But this is all I could have ever hoped for. Saying goodbye. <laughs> And wow. now Daenerys knows that John's a Targaryen. It was pretty cool to see John say those things. In front of Lyanna. In front of Lyanna, to hear him say it and to see it acknowledged. And for both of them to, to I guess, understand that that was true. And to both for both of them Does to she believe it. That it's true? I, I think that she believes it. A secret note. She says, a secret no one <laughs> in the world knew except your brother and your best friend. <laughs> Doesn't it seem strange to you? They like they just want their old Jono back. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, please. She's like, it's a really good point. That's, it's a great. That point's point. better than anything I think he has to say. I, he probably didn't even look at it that way. He's like, oh, maybe. I mean, 
it's true, and she's gonna have to eventually come around to the fact. Did he did he wince or anything, or did he keep a straight face? Like, oh shit! I don't remember to be honest with you. That's she a, was her. Honestly, she's her right, face. and uh, the only reason I'm I have John's side is because I have all the information. If I would be, on oh, her, yeah. I would be one hundred p on her side. I'd be it's like, so oh, convenient. Sam and Bran said that, but at the same time, Bran is kind of like a wild card. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm but- not Bran. I'm something else. I'm Take a some- drink every time he says I'm that. I'm something else entirely. But I mean, now the John things a- I do for love. <laughs> that was good. Okay, that was so good, and Jamie didn't even respond. He yep. just said nothing. That was a uh, really telling moment, and so like uh, I've been waiting for that for such a long time since 2011. My life was way different than it is now. That was eight years ago when he pushed him out that window and said that line. And now Brandon has the opportunity to talk about it. And he doesn't. But they get to talk about it together. They do get to talk about it. And Brand makes a really... Brand handles it like a champ. And I know that he isn't Brand anymore. Blah, 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 blah. We get it. I'm entirely something new. <sighs> okay. It's like, okay, we get it. But he talks about how Jamie wouldn't be Jamie if he hadn't pushed him out the window. And I'm trying to find exactly where it is because he just says that Jamie wouldn't have been able to go on this journey and to become something other than this golden-haired lion, as he was talking about with Tyrion, if he hadn't pushed Bran out the window. Mm -hmm. That I mean, that I can't say anything more obvious, and that was the catalyst for all of this. I was going to say it's the same for Dion's journey with Sansa. This is what had to happen for him to get what he wanted, which was yeah. to be embraced like a Stark. Yes. This is, it's crazy that it had to be so freaking dank, man. <laughs> like it went all the way down into the deepest bowels of your worst things, especially in the books. Well, and it's for it's all freak. of them because Tyrion and Jamie have a similar conversation when they talk about, look how far we've come. Yeah. And they're like the, the, the perils of self betterment is what Tyrion calls it. And, just like you're saying, as we look at where Theon has been brought to, and even like the Hound, Arya yeah. is telling the Hound, it, "Wow, where have you been? We've what are you a doing theme. here?" You know, but yeah, it's I wasn't thinking about that at all. But they've become better people, and in order to get there, they had to go through hell and back to yeah. be able to land them right here in the right place at the right time. And so it is really convenient that they're all here at Winterfell, but they didn't get here. By riding comfortable carriages from their homes. Well, change does not come easy. And uh, we're about to see another act, I think, in Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire. We're going to see John and Danny, and they're going to have to choose who's in charge. And I think it's going to come to that. I think that John is considering a word, all the words of all those other people that depend, depend on him as well. Not to mention who he actually is. And I think that there's some, there's a cutting part of it that um, I think that he doesn't want it all to be for nothing. That the sacrifice that Ned made and what Liana, his mom, went through to be with the person that she was in love with. I don't think that he's going to give it all up at the last minute, especially when it is the basically the same exact argument that she has in the first place. Right. I mean, she's had her own life and she's done things in her own way, but it looks like that's something. I saw a flash of it in this episode, and it looks like that's something that we're going to have to see through, just like the rest of the stuff. 
I think, and I think how this next episode plays out is going to really change the tone of that conversation. I hope they have each other's backs on those dragons. Uh, they better not be in fighting. Can you imagine? Up there. And then there's like some mistake that happens. There's no way. There's no way that they're up there quarreling while trying yeah. to, to save Bran. There's no, there's no way. Are you doing? <sighs> yeah. All right. I can't believe that I got murdered by this episode. <laughs> Um, I truly do not know more than maybe ever in my life what to give my own to. I'm going to give my own to Podrick when he was training that other person how to fight. Yeah, yeah. that was really great. Yeah. Um, I think he fits in with the with the people quite well. I don't think he's too much of a bother. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, wait, 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 one second. I'm sorry. Also, to Tyrion for pouring that wine, my that point earlier, like I got totally sidetracked on, was if always go the extra mile if you can, but especially if it's at the end of everything, just pour all the way to start just pouring out. Like, (laughs) fuck it. Like, do it for the laugh. You know what I mean? Like, she says, you want half? Just make it spill out. Yeah, so funny. Um, I'm going to give my own to, I think the only way I can own this episode is giving it to a small moment, um, which is Davos talking to that little girl. Mm. and she asks which way should i go and he says which way do you want to go mm. and that just punched me in the gut as we think about which way do any of these people want to go and here is how they here they are i i don't know i'm Games just of thrones <laughs> everyone's I talking feel about it bad that i'm so in my feelings but here we are the show's so. almost over the show's almost over, and I just, I never, this sounds so stupid, but I never thought about it. I never, we've, <laughs> we've never been confronted with it as much as we have been in this right. episode, that the show is ending. Well, this so, is, I think it's okay to feel that way, because it, you really do like it, and a lot of people do, and we all, we're all enjoying it together, and it's fun to feel, you know, like something's happening, it's not completely bad and doomed. It's fun to feel excited about something together, and to, you know, watch it at the same time, and uh communicate about it it's even it's so much cooler that we get to do it inside of it too those little details it's not just over and then done i'm gonna cry on the whole bus ride home (laughs) and then rewatch the episode (laughs) 50 times like the iphone (laughs) i think more so i mean there's so many moments that i missed in this episode because i wasn't paying attention well we'll be back to talk about it on wednesday guys Thanks for sitting in your own tonight. I've been seeing him come in a little bit, trying not to let him distract me at all recording That's this episode. That's what we're going to do next. Yeah, thanks for sitting in your own, for hanging out with us on Instagram, mm-hmm. for tweeting at us, for validating all of our feelings all the time, and that we're all in this together really <laughs> is the best. I'm amped this week, midweek, we're going to get back into this episode. And we're going to talk what we think is happening at the Battle of Winterfell one week from today where we will have seen the Battle of Winterfell. Also, what is Kyburn up to in this off episode? You know, what what are they doing down in King's Landing? You're not having any of it, are you? <laughs> You're fully on. I get it. That's cool. You can. Kyburn shows this. up. Go He's on, like please. the last. Kyburn's like the last one to come. He like comes running through the gates. 
he wants to fight. That'd be a good scene. Like he would just have to. It would be tough. It'd be like the the little finger scene with him. I don't know mm. if it's gonna go well. Anyway, you can write us an email. What do you think? Contact at gameofones dot com. You can tweet us at gameofones on Twitter, and uh, we're also at gameofones on Instagram and, and Facebook dot com slash gameofones. Those are all the social media websites, and we'll be writing discussion questions probably sometime on monday we'll be posting discussion questions on monday or tuesday that you can go and discuss them and answer them and we will bring them up in our midweek episode so let's uh chat this one out that's it we'll see you soon thanks guys before we leave we'd like to thank sonos for sponsoring today's episode The experts at Sonos meticulously design every speaker from the inside out, working with renowned producers, mixers, and artists to ensure an immersive listening experience and brilliant room-filling sound. Go to Sonos.com to order your sound system today. That's S-O-N-O-S dot com.